Welcome to the Utah Episcopalians. This is a podcast from the unique world of the Episcopal Church in Utah. And we like to look at some of the topics that are going on in this exciting time of summer. And you know, when you think of summer, you think of youth, you think of sunshine, you think of camp, you think of all kinds of things that our youth will be doing. And so that's what we're going to do today. We have our youth director, Karen Gleason, who you will see on her uh, name, it will say Shine because that's a camp name. Everyone has to have a camp name. And then we have Ingrid Van Santen, who you will see as Fretz. And that's because that's her camp name. Um, I don't have a camp name, so you'll just see the name Craig Worth. And a little later, we'll hear from Brianna. But let's get going and talking about camp because that's always the first thing I think you think of when you think of summer, you think of summer camp. And, you know, after this winter, I didn't even know if you folks could even open. You had how many feet of snow? You still have a couple feet. <laughs> you still have snow. Here it is. We're recording this, you know, in June, the middle of June, you still have snow. I, I, was the camp okay after the snow? Did we have any problems? We did have a few problems. Um, it was a rough, long winter, and um, the buildings were under snow for, well, some of them still under snow, going on six months now. And uh, besides small damages here and there, there was one big um, incident. Uh, the cornice, which is kind of like a collection of snow, fell off of the roof of the lodge and smashed the, one could say, iconic lodge windows um, kind of to smithereens. So we've been doing oh, no. the repercussions of that broken window and all of the glass. So We're yeah. not going to cancel camp, though, are we? No, we're not canceling camp. Okay, well, then let's just talk about the good things. We know, I know you, you folks have done an amazing job to get the place ready, and I know spent a lot of shoveling, a lot of knocking snow off roofs, and and um, that's all part of a of a new new process from this last winter. But let's start talking about camp now. Camp, can we still get into camp? Is there still uh, signups? Uh, are all your spaces filled yet, or can people still get in? Um, yeah, people can still get in. There are plenty of spaces in all of our camps. And Karen, do you want to tell uh, the folks about uh, some of the specialty camps we have this summer um, that could use some participation registration? Oh, yeah. So we're doing a couple new camps. Um, our first camp, we're going to start out with our second through fourth grade camps. We're going to bring it in a little bit lower age. So we've had some interest from parents asking us, well, can I bring my child into camp? And they're going into second grade. They get to come up and have an overnight at oh, camp with us. So cool. that's really fun. So that's our first camp, second through fourth grade camp. We have our normal camps as well, but um, we also added a couple other camps along with family camp is our pride camp. And that's an exciting new thing. And, and Ingrid, Fretz, maybe you want to share about the pride camp. Yeah, so um, registration is still open for every session and we're hoping to fill up pride camp this year. It's the first time we've hosted a family camp specifically for um, families with at least one member who identifies as part of the LGBTQIA mm -hmm. plus community. Um, and that is for all ages, um, you know, grandparents and and children really? and uh, we hope uh, yeah that folks um, especially after our showing at 
uh, the Utah Pride Festival will come and be in community with us at Pride Camp and specifically at our second through fourth grade camp. Those those camps could use some participation numbers. Wow. Now that's that's interesting. Um, camp has changed. The camp experience has become uh, a learning experience. It's become a ministry far more than I think in the old days when people made, um, I don't know, leather belts and woodworking or something like that, that and sang some songs and roasted marshmallows. But there is an experience, there is a sense of what worship is all about, the sense about what ministry is all about, isn't it? Why don't you say what the camp experience is and what you hope that those that go to camp learn from it? Wow. Well, I, I would mention that um, I think there's a really big sense of community Mm -hmm. When we come to camp, it's a safe space for everyone. Everyone is welcome. Um, there's a lot of outdoor nature time to connect with nature. We have our chaplains every week. We have a chaplain that st stays the week with the kids. And it's really, um, it's a great relationship where the kids can see the chaplain or the priest in a whole new light where they're in camping and they're hiking boots and they're around the campfire so the relationship there is really well uh, really good and they also have the opportunity to ask questions um so that's really important for the involvement with the priest and then there's some other things also that ingrid could mention about what uh, with mental health and things as well yeah I, I think we're 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 working to make the the camp experience a more comprehensive experience, and that is comprehensive of a person's mind, body, and soul, and making sure mm -hmm. that those things uh, are in alignment and and they're all functioning well together. So we have the support of our clerics who are with us at camp. We have our mental health advocate, and this is the second season that we posted that position at camp. And along with all like the really classic, fun physical activities, what you get is a really comprehensive experience that challenges um, your body and pushes you outside your comfort zone and may also push you outside of your emotional or spiritual comfort zone um, to wonder and ask questions. Um, and then also to have uh, people in the community who care about your mental wellness and your your whole well-being. So it really is a comprehensive experience. Wow, that has certainly changed what, um, what we did. I mean, I, I suppose, uh, in the old days, it was like, oh, you're homesick. We'll just <laughs> keep going with it or something like that. And 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 you really do see and identify and help uh, as as kids develop a community. Um, I can see that a beloved community amongst themselves and and um, walk away feeling pretty good about what who they are. Um, that's that's really amazing. You know, one thing is all of this, and I know that camp is um, it's not a free situation that um, you do have uh, uh, payments and and I do want to know that um, you do have some opportunities that kids aren't turned away for financial. There are some opportunities the diocese provides. Um, do you want to make sure that we know that that um, uh, if you need to, if you want to send a kid to camp or a kid wants to go, that there is help. Isn't that right? Yeah. Oh, How yeah. does that work, Karen? Well, we have a, we set up a, 
a tier system and it, it might be confusing when you get on the website and it shows you three different prices for each camp. There's tier one, two, and three. And we basically set that up as a an honorary system where you you pay the amount that you're financially comfortable with. Um, so that gives them choices of people to register. Uh, also, we have a great scholarship program that you can apply for uh, an application for scholarship. Mm -hmm. And so that will also help cover funds if anyone uh, would like to come to camp. We don't turn anyone away for financial reasons and everybody receives the same experience. So it doesn't matter if you pay tier one or tier three, um, everybody's gonna get the same experience at camp. That is an amazingly wonderful idea that you've had. I know you've done that a couple of years, that tier system. And it, again, um, the everyone gets that same experience. It's, and, and even the counselors, probably don't know that oh this is a high priced camper or this is not i mean it's it's all an experience what are some of those experiences that you get you've talked about um, philosophically some of them the mental health you've talked about some of the themes the pride camp and some of the other things but what do you do what is a day at camp um and i know it varies by age that um, you're talking for a second grader or a high school but just generally what goes on and you know we also got to say where this camp is you know and this is the most beautiful place in all of utah well of course you're going to get people argue about that but um uh it is right in the mountains it's right next to brighton uh you're way in the mountains the smell of pine the sound of water the whole experience but what is a day at camp uh, like for the average camper? Yeah, this is this is the the fun part to talk about and to to tell people about. And uh, we're high elevation in the mountains, you know, so it's a pretty like rocky terrain, um, pretty cool, which is great. You can escape the heat of the summer by coming to Camp Tuttle for a week. And a day in the life of a camper is really packed full of a uh, variety of activities. In the morning, you're with your adventure group. An adventure group is a um, a group of uh, counselors and, and campers between, you know, eight and 12 campers. And you're adventuring in the morning with that group. And there's um, there's an element of, uh, of leadership that shifts from counselors to campers as campers become more familiar with camp and the things they can do. Uh, near the end of the week, the, the campers have a lot of say on what the activities that they're participating mm -hmm. in the morning. And uh, you'll spend time with our mental health advocate once a week in the morning and um, be learning about mental wellness, doing some mindfulness and some skill building like emotional regulation and coping skills. So there's variety of activities in the morning after lunch, everyone takes a nice little nap, which is great. Um, we rest our heads for about an hour. And then in the afternoon, uh, you're open to camper choice. So that's really a camper driven choice section where campers can choose to go rock climbing or play frisbee golf, wow. arts and crafts. And uh, camp has a variety of activities that are open and campers are kind of moving around. And before dinner, there's a cabin hour where you spend time with just the mates in your cabin. And um, you're involved in programming of uh, varying degrees from passive to active activities. Uh, then some free time before dinner. That's usually when kids get all showered up and smelling fresh. 
<laughs> or sometimes not. Sometimes they choose to go play in the woods or hang out in our hammock village and just take a nice little swing. And after dinner, the evening program involves, again, a variety of activities. Uh, this summer, we're introducing a program called Discovery Teams, where uh, on one night of the week, a camper gets to elect whether they do a camp out. Um, they get to cook a meal over a campfire and stargaze with our counselors on a camp out. Um, they can be on the arts discovery team where uh, they're engaged in an art project, or they can be on the naturalist discovery team where uh, they're kind of engaged in something that's in the middle of arts and outdoors. So a combination of art and nature. Um, and really just a lot of fun, big camp games, all camp games like classics, uh, capture the flag and camp Olympics. Uh, and then of course, after all the fun has been had, we calm the night down with a campfire um, where our clerics teach us a little bit about the theme of the summer and uh, campers and counselors pick songs that we sing around the fire. So it really is a full fun day. Wow. You know, mm -hmm. you, you just described something that uh, I wish I was in second grade. And mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it, because it is a full day and it is so easy to see the meaningful sense of what you're gaining out of it. This is 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 really a uh, opportunity to grow to learn but by golly to have fun too and and i i i'm just really impressed with hearing that schedule mm -hmm. uh, it really is um i'm very impressed uh the whole idea of youth ministry i know has um again just been elevated uh, through both of your leadership i know that and we we owe in a lot to the diocese to uh the innovation but the dedication and the love of what you folks do it, it really is inspiring to all of us in the diocese to watch what you both have done to uh open up new fields and to try things but to have learned yourself and, and what you do with the kids. One of the amazing things going on this summer is called EYE. It's the Episcopal Youth Event. And uh, Karen, you're about to take a pretty substantial trip with our students. And I know the Diocese of Utah is, um, well, we all know it's number one in the Episcopal Church, but it's also number one among the support for our youth and in the EYE. Why don't you tell us, okay, what is EYE? What are you doing? What happens at EYE and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> okay, so um, this year, our Episcopal Youth event will be held at the University of Maryland. Or, uh, yeah, Maryland, excuse me. <laughs> and we're going to stay for the Monday through Friday, and we stay on campus with the kids. And these are high school kids that has their first experience staying on campus. Um, it's about a thousand people come together from around wow. the nation. It's all Episcopalians. And it's the youth and their leaders and the bishops that are invited and they come in together. And it's an amazing experience because for some of these kids, it's their first time leaving the state or even getting wow. on a plane, um, let alone meeting up with a thousand other people, um, like-minded people that are in a, in a whole room. It's an amazing thing to see when you're in a worship room 
and the whole uh, auditorium is filled with people and there's beach balls going around on the top and the music of worship is going and kids are doing the Congo line with the bishops. And it, it's a, it's an eye-opening experience for, well, every one of these kids. It's something they haven't experienced here. Um, being in a, in Utah with a small amount of youth we have, we, we, we bring a group of people we're having 21 this year and we go out and we see all the other youth representing from all the different States. Um, so the, the day looks like they get up in the morning, we have a, 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 a morning worship time, and then they go out and there's all these different workshops that are available throughout the day that they can learn and work together. And it gives them some independence as well. Um, so it's a nice way to trust the kids and get on the campus and explore all these different things that are available to them with other youth and bishops and um, presentations as well. And in the evening, there's always... Um, an evening closing, um, but there's also celebratory things like um, activities going on where they get to bond with other people from all around the other states. So um, I remember one year we, we brought a group and this was in Oklahoma and we made a group of o people from Oklahoma and we connected so well and we were talking with their youth and our youth were talking about different experiences and and they really bonded and they got to know each other and then they invited us to go to Oklahoma to um, come to their happening event so it was a really great way to see how other youth are participating in their churches as well so that's a really cool experience and and I do know that over the years of the kids that we've brought they're still involved with the, the diocese I mean they're either working here at the at the the center or that camp or providing mm -hmm. Sunday school services or being a counselor. So they're really involved. So it's a meaningful experience for these kids that stick with them for the rest of their lives. It's and it's so well supported by the diocese. Um, we had a wonderful fundraiser, the Cinco de Mile fundraiser, and the support we had from our our parishioners um, and our and our diocese that puts money away every year for this event. So it's. It's heartwarming to see. It's really, it's really meaningful. You walk away from that event. I, I would imagine again, you're saying this is the first experience that many of these uh, um, high school students. I assume they're all from high school, yep. pretty much that high school mm -hmm. age, uh, and they they walk away with that. Really, their their idea that the church is more than something in Midvale or something in Murray or something in Salt Lake City or Moab. It's a worldwide church, but it's also a lot of folks that maybe are different backgrounds, different type of, uh, of uh, growing up. And probably their first experience at that, like you say, that it sounds remarkable. What are some of the comments you get um, after you come back and kind of debrief with the uh, people that have been on EYE, what, what sort of things do you hear from them? Well, one of the main things I hear all the time is mm, they're surprised when they go to an event like this, that there are so many other Episcopal youth. Mm -hmm. um, here, there's not as many that they feel and they go to the church, there might be a few that are there with them. And then it's nice that when we do our statewide events, they, they gather together and they get to be friends, but then you take it to the next level and you bring it to a national event. And that's what I hear a lot about. They really enjoyed meeting so many other people that are Episcopalians. And 
that support that they felt. Um, that's that's probably the main thing I hear from the kids. One question that just came to mind that um, in all churches, including ours, uh, that the churches have skewed older our churches, and we we lost a number of youth. Um, the the participation around the high school level has this helped at all or changed um, and made it a little more relevant for young people whether it's camp whether it's eye or other youth events i know um, that just hit me that idea do you have a comment on that what do you think has it made the church more relevant i think it has um well there's a couple things uh one eye specific is so geared to youth. So everything that we do is all about the youth. So that's totally relevant and they see that. But I think the other component is I think we're so forward thinking um, in being so inclusive with everybody. And I think we're way ahead of the game on that. And I think that is something that's gonna move the youth more. And, and Ingrid, you could talk more about that. I think that has a huge um, support system for our youth. Yeah, I would like to hear uh, Fretz from that uh, idea of um, inclusive, because everything you've mentioned today leads to an inclusive nature, whether it's these, uh, even like you said, time with your other campers alone in that, in their building, in uh, just kind of that bonding. Uh, it's done in those small groups. The mental health aspect and then you get into some of the theme uh camps you talked about like the pride camp and all that um what has that done opening up the inclusiveness i i would imagine there would be some critics that says oh come on this is a little young i'm, I'm sure you've heard that i know our school systems have heard that uh, our churches have heard that um but what do you find is that experience of really going out of your way to make sure that everyone is welcome? Has that worked? Has that helped? And what is the response? Yeah, we, um, as a staff and with my counselors, uh, wrestle with this idea that um, spaces and places in our world right now can be um, outwardly accepting of, uh, for example, members of the LGBTQ community, but there's something different when a marginalized community sees a, a place or a space that is built intentionally with them in mind, not just built uh, with the idea that they could exist there, but built for them to exist there, right? Um, and, and camp is that way. And we were marching in the Pride Parade with Phyllis a few weeks ago, with Bishop Phyllis a few weeks ago, and and saying, um, you know, you belong at summer camp uh, and Camp Tuttle invites you in. We're not just, our, you know, our doors aren't just open. We, we're actively drawing people into our space. And I think that is the difference between, um, you know, being open to members of marginalized community and actually building a space for them. And I hope that members of our community see the intentionality there and that, uh, you know, we're making a, a pride camp and we have introduced policies into the operation of camp specifically for members of, of this LGBTQ community. And um, it really is, even if it's just a small percentage of people, it's so worth it. You know, we can't deny the existence of queer people in our community and of 
of kids whose um you know who lives whose lives are in danger in in places mm-hmm. yeah we, I, I, yeah we simply can't we can't turn a blind eye like we have to protect them and we have to make sure that that they're welcome in our spaces and that our spaces are designed for them that and i'm also am, am aware of the fact that we have um in camp also or you folks when i say we i mean the diocese and you are the ones doing all the heavy lifting here but that we have um gone out of our way also to make sure that uh, we've included like you say those various income brackets but certainly a uh, mix of those that maybe are from old episcopal families and those that might have um been first generation or not even first generation immigrant or whatever i mean that it isn't something that's um just for old old episcopal families that i i think your the uh racial makeup the language makeup and all that uh, that you've gone out of your way on that have you have you seen that that we've had more folks from um some of our churches that have catered to new immigrants or to those that uh uh have been traditionally you know those that have immigrated here and people like that yeah i think that the relationship building um you know in in our marginalized black and brown communities around the diocese takes a lot of time and um we have been working for many years with um Saint Esteban and the Sudanese, the South Sudanese congregation from All Saints, to make sure that that they know camp is also built for mm-hmm. them in mind, and just removing any barrier, any barrier that could potentially arise for them that stands between them and camp, and that's financially. Um, sometimes it's physically. Sometimes they don't have the right gear or the you know the right equipment. Mm-hmm. And make sure that, that that that's there for them, Karen. Uh, goes above and beyond to communicate and liaise with those parishes to make sure that there is literally no barrier for them to come camp. And we've seen, yeah, we've seen them in and around camp and it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. Uh, We still have a lot of work to do, I think, for sure, um, as a camp and as a diocese, but it's the ball ball is rolling and it it feels super great um, to see to see the work. You know, I, I wasn't really sure how this conversation was going to go. I mean, when we talked about camp, I thought, we would not become uh, as serious, but that's really been a major and wonderful discussion uh, when we talk about, you know, the word camp, the word youth ministry, the EYE, it has really taken on a new life. And I hope folks listening can understand the ministry the beloved community that's being built, the fact that uh, by golly, kids can still be kids, but it's safe place. And that's so important today in our world of um, what we are. The world of 2023 is very different than the world of 1957 or 1980 or even 1990. It's, It's changed. And we're kind of almost out of time. And I know Brianna always has a question in our podcast, and maybe you do for what you've heard in our discussion today, or maybe you just want to relive your days of camp. But uh, is there anything you want to say? 
Yeah, this has been a great conversation. I have loved just listening. Um, I have a question if we have any little ears listening to this podcast. I think camp is so exciting, but with that, it can also be a little nerve wracking. I think get the butterflies and the nerves before you go to camp. So if there's any kids out there that are like, I really want to do this, but I'm just a little nervous, what would your advice be for them? Good. I would say um, we have the saying at camp that life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. And your comfort zone is um, really that place where you feel nice and squishy and warm. And the further out from your comfort zone you step, the more uncomfortable you are. But that is when learning and growing happens. And my advice would be just come and try um, because you never know what's going to happen. And our staff and my counselors are highly trained, um, you know, to to help kids through difficult times like homesickness. And we have a lot of tools and resources at camp to make them feel at home. They can bring their little Snuggie. They can bring, you know, a picture, uh, you know, of their family and hang it on their bunk. Um, and for the little kids, the second through fourth graders, it's one night. Um, and I think that just knowing that can make it seem a little less scary. And if you're more scared as a fifth or sixth grader or seventh and eighth grader to spend a lot of nights at camp, um, yeah, we have a lot of ways to make uh, to make kids feel comfortable and safe and um, can write letters to your parents. Your parents can send you letters to camp from home. Um, Shine, I don't know. What else would you tell a little, a little kiddo who's a little well, nervous? I, I can tell you, like, um, let's say we have an example of someone who is a homesick, right? Mm -hmm. And they're, let's say, missing a parent. I just reassure them that the parent would really love them to enjoy their time here and for them not to be thinking of them because sometimes they think the parents are missing them. <laughs> <laughs> and really, the parents are like, yay, they're at camp. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, <clears throat> so I gently just nudge the kids knowing that the parents would really love for them to stay at camp and getting these wonderful experiences and they don't have to worry about their parents. They're just fine. <laughs> We find that homesickness creeps up when you're hungry, tired, bored, thirsty. So we we make sure that they're, you know, they keep well fed, that they're well hydrated, that they're well rested and having fun, you know, a lot of engagement. Um, so if you're worried about being scared at camp, um, come step outside your comfort zone and know also that there's a really big opportunity for fun and growth. So you, and you know, I, I and and that word safe is something important. And I wanna uh, I know we're running a little over, but I think it's also important that we know and all parents know and all kids know your staff is highly trained and and highly vetted. I mean, we, we all today, sadly, and again, 2023, worry about safety of our kids and your every camp counselor has been vetted background and and you know them personally so many of them and and anybody whether it's a priest whether it's um uh anybody that that is steps in that boundary of camp tuttle has been highly vetted correct yes and is required to take a you know pretty rigorous training called safeguarding god's children so yeah a highly vetted and highly trained um and professionally trained well, let's see you all at camp. This is a great time. And 
thank you so much, uh, Fretz and Shine, for just uh, sharing, I think, a really insightful look at youth ministry at Camp Tuttle in the beautiful mountains, um, just very close to Salt Lake City, and um, just to almost touching Brighton. It's just a beautiful place, and the work that you've done is amazing. And we're going to have to hear all about camp and EYE a little bit later this summer. So this has been the Utah Podcapalians, a podcast about the unusual diocese of Utah, because we're in that unusual place that we all love called Utah. Thanks a lot for listening. I'm Craig Worth of the Diocese.